Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions, filling in today. Uh, This is not my typical day, but I'm so grateful to be with you. Uh, You're live, so give me a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. And if you want to text me, uh, we have a dedicated text line, which, by the way, is always open 24-7 for prayer requests. Uh, texting only. Uh, don't call it. Don't leave a message. Only texting. And whether you ever get a response back to your text, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, know that those get prayed over and then sent through the prayer team here at Calvary Church. <clears throat> And they always get taken care of. Even if you don't get a response, know that we've partnered together praying with you as those are checked regularly. So that number is 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. That's a dedicated text line, and you can use it right now to get on the air. Uh, We have a prayer request for Monique's husband that needs a sponsor for a visa. Uh, and so we just pray God for Monique's husband, uh, separated right now and in need of a sponsor. Uh, and we know that, that the wisdom from above, especially with all that's going on with offices being closed and paperwork delay, we pray for a way, uh, with Monique that, uh, will bring her husband here as unto, uh, the Lord, Lord, in your perfect will in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. 303-690-3000. Text me 720-336-0897. Taking your calls and your questions. Noticing the phone lines are wide open. And for those of you that know the show, you know that the best time to call the show is right now in the beginning because as the show progresses, it you know the phone lines uh, fill up, and that's a busy signal. Uh, and because we don't have unlimited lines, so give us a chance, give us a call three zero three six nine zero three thousand. We're going to be finishing up now the book of Second Peter as a church tomorrow. Uh, looking forward to what God has for us. Uh, it is been it has been I. Uh, a tremendous study from First Peter and Second Peter. Uh, and then we're going to go into the book of Jude, and then we're going to go into the book of Genesis, verse by verse. And just in case you didn't know, Calvary Chapels, the Calvary Chapel family of churches, we have been discipled and trained to teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, uh, from Genesis to Revelation. And let me say that even though you hear it on the radio in little 20-minute segments, there is something very powerful. It is is unique in its power when you're in a church that teaches the Bible. 
Again, I'm going to begin our show waiting for some calls. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Here's the thing. And you really need to know this uh, because some of you are dry and you're not growing and you're sincere and you love the Lord, um, but you're just not growing. And and I'm going to suggest to you the possibility is that you're in a church that doesn't teach the Bible. And that, and you go, wait a minute, Ed, I'm in a Christian church, and you know, I, 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 they, they do use the Bible. Okay, so there's a difference. Hear me out here. There's a difference between teaching from the Bible and teaching the Bible. Those are two very different things, and you must. I'm, I'm telling you, you got to be in a church that isn't playing secular music before a service so they could be hip and relevant. But they're teaching you the Bible. Like they're, they're straight up, this is what the Bible says, and this is what it means for your life. And not just, well, you know, here's a verse and a word, and, and then let's talk about the latest movie. And that's actually the last thing you need. You don't need to be talking about the latest movie. You need to be talking about what God has to say about your life and your family and your job and your business and the character, the nature of God, his grace, his mercy. You don't need to know about how Iron Man, what what moral thoughts were in the movie Iron Man. Um, what is the Bible? You, like, you, you already watched the movie for two and a half hours. Now you need to know what the Word of God says for your life. Um, I know it's a silly illustration, but I mean, I drive around town all the time. Maybe you see it too. It's the same poster that 10 different churches bought because they got the package of, you know, bring your popcorn and we'll talk about movies uh, during our, you know, talk instead of a sermon. Um, but it seems like an uphill battle, unfortunately, um, because what you develop a taste for is what you want so that if, you know, the church was really good at outreach or did something in the park and drew you to them, but now they just kind of dabble in, you know, the same series, right? Marriage, money, um, Marriage, money, movies, um, you know, how to be a better person, how to be, have your best life now. And, you know, I'm sure there's some morality in there, I'm sure, but you need the Bible. You Trust me, the Bible transforms lives. It's the Word of God that transforms lives. All right, back, let's go right to the phone lines now. Uh, Boulder, Colorado, Juan is on the line. Juan, welcome to the program. Right. You're on the air. I had a question about uh, who are the 144,000 and what their purpose is. Yeah, the 144,000 are mentioned for us in two places uh, in the Bible. Revelation chapter 7, right? So let's go there. Revelation 7. Uh, let me pull it up here. We see that in Revelation 7... You have uh, in verse 4 the number of those who were sealed, 144,000. And then it shows 12,000 from each of the tribes of Israel. So we know that they're, that they're men. That Well, I guess you could say it in one sentence. They're Jewish men. They're Jewish men, And um, number one. And then from Revelation 14, we learn that these men are going to go forth with the gospel. Uh, and they're going to be 
um, modern-day evangelists during the Great Tribulation period. And they're going to, God, it makes sense because the Revo- the Great Tribulation period, the last seven years of human history is God turning his attention back to the tr- to the nation of Israel. So it makes sense that he would use um, um, authentic Jewish men to carry the gospel to the nation of Israel during the Great Tribulation period. So they're going to be evangelists. Think uh, they're going to know from which tribe they're from, or do you think only God knows? Because I feel like it's going to be really hard for them to know. You know, that's a really good question. Um, I think it could be either, um, especially with, um, you know, the advent of DNA and how you can go to Ancestry and find out where you're from. Um, while they don't have the, the solid records, you know, that were destroyed in the temple uh, back in AD 70, um, I think that there will be, there could be a human way where they would know what tribe they're from, but certainly God knows what tribe they're from and he can separate them and himself supernaturally if he needed to. And it also talks about God protecting them and then the devil not being able to touch them. Is that uh, just that they they are not going to be able to die or why what's happening during the tribulation? Or Yeah, I think they're, they're going to be protected and not, I think it's both. They're going to be protected from all of the judgments of the tribulation. They're also not going to die until their job is done. Okay, well, thank you for your clarification. And, You're welcome. Uh, Great question. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's come back to Denver, Colorado. Matt is on the line. Matt, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going, Pastor Ed? Glad to it's talk to you okay. again. Yeah, what's up? I uh, just need a prayer request, <clears throat> if you don't mind. I'm going through... Um, a really nasty battle with my daughter's, my three-year-old daughter's mother for custody. Mm. And we've got, finally, we've got court on the 8th of November. And it's costing okay. me everything financially and emotionally. Yeah. And I was the only one there for three years to take care of my daughter. And now that we've separated in May, I get to see her two hours a day. And it's mm. it's killing both of us. And I just I'm sorry. need some prayer for both of us to get through this and that. I'm only asking for fifty-fifty. It's not like I'm trying to take her from her mom, but she's right. She she wants me to have nothing to do with her. So it's it's the result of hard hearts, you know. As we remember, Jesus said that every divorce, um, every separation, divorce comes from the hardness of heart, and and you're just really dealing with the hardness of heart. So we want to pray that God would soften up <clears throat> your wife, um, your wife's heart uh, toward you, toward her own daughter. Um, because she, you know, she gets, and that's probably part of the problem. <laughs> um, and she's that again? not a Christian. She, we're, we're not married. Yeah. We haven't never been married. Um, oh, okay. and she is definitely not a Christian. She comes from a, a very tough, uh, Jewish background. And the first thing her dad said to me when we met, Oh, you're one of them born again. Yeah. Well, it's a warning to everyone listening, isn't it? That not the Bible is really serious when it says, don't be unequally yoked. And unfortunately, you're you're going to be in a testimony in the future of exactly how serious God is with that command. I can't Absolutely. tell you how many times I meet people, they just don't listen. 
uh, and they take things into their own hands, which God totally gives them to them. But I'm sorry that you're one of those testimonies. However, let me just say this, um, because this was the first thing that popped in my mind. It, it is worth every dollar that you invest to get and, and that you spend and that you lose. You know, is it kind of unfortunately you have to use it this way to be a part of your daughter's life. And, and so I know it's hard and I know it's e- economically challenging, but it's, it's going to be 100% worth it when you look back and see the time that the judge gives you, the favor that you'll get with the judge, the, the right attorney uh, to stand and advocate on your behalf. Um, and, and so as, as hard as that is, God can replace money, um, but he can't replace this time. And so, Father, I pray for my brother Matt and just the pain that he's experiencing, the difficulty, the, the challenge with this, with this woman, but, but also the baby, the child that's caught in between. Um, I pray for favor. I pray for favor to the best. You know, I mean, really, what would be the best scenario, Lord? She gets saved. She's changed. There's a reconciliation, a marriage, a, a, an absolute testimony to your abundant faithfulness. And God, we just pray for everything close to that, and, and including custody and time. And I pray for this little three-year-old, this precious little girl that's going to be caught up in the mess of her parents, um, that you would show favor. And I just think of that word mercy, Lord. I just pray mercy over this family in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so much. You know, and that's, that's what I, that's that mercy. I think why mercy's in my mind is because when you stand before the judge, like that's what you're asking for, Lord, you're, you're just saying, please be merciful to me. This is my daughter. I am her father and me and her mom have a lot of problems. I agree, but I've got no problems with my daughter. No, she means the world to me. Yeah, I know she does. Keep us up to date, Matt. All right, will do. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Again, it's unfortunate for Matt, and it is. I mean, unfortunate doesn't even sound like a strong enough word, but I, I, I can't emphasize enough, and, and I'm going to take the opportunity to do that. I, I actually did a Bible study on this. That's, By the way, that's one of the advantages of going through the Bible verse by verse is if you have a question on a particular verse in a church like ours, we taught about it. I taught that verse. Now, I may not have gone in depth, you know, to the degree of an answer on on a radio program or anything, but I taught through that verse. If it's an important verse, especially if it's controversial, when I taught through the Bible, when I've taught through the Bible, uh, you know, after I finished the book of Jude, then we'll have the complete New Testament done. And I taught on this specifically. Please go to our archives, go to 2 Corinthians get the Bible study on unequally yoked. This is to everyone that thinks it's okay to marry an unbeliever. This is everyone who thinks it's okay to marry someone that has a a much different view of Christianity. Maybe they're a believer, but they hold to some different doctrines or some debatable doctrines. Maybe they're not, maybe they don't have a walk or they're, they're born again, but they're backslidden or born again. And they don't really have a walk with the Lord that they maybe even said, well, I prayed at a church, like oh, all of that, like don't, this is what the Bible says. First, second Corinthians six fourteen. do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. That's the truth. And then the principle is 
unequally yoked in a different imbalanced permanent relationship. That could be business. That could be roommates. I'm just, just trust me. I've been ministering the gospel now as a pastor for 24 years, 25 years, something like that. Uh, and, and, and previously, before I moved to Colorado, I was the singles pastor at the church I came from in Southern California, Calvary Chapel in Downey, and I saw this lived out multiple times, unequally yoked. It, 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 is, it is the most painful thing, and, and I, I, I have friends that, you know, part of our church, uh, one brother in particular was at our church for many years, he's at another Calvary now, but he's unequally, unequally yoked because they were married as unbelievers, but he got saved. So that verse doesn't apply in that situation because he can't help it. He's got saved. Now he's in an unequally yoked situation. And it's it's painful. It's painful. And you heard Matt. So I, this is just a warning. I think the Lord, uh, whoever's listening to the show today, I typically don't do today. I'm filling in. And it's a word from the Lord. And, and if it was for you and you're going to heed it, text me or call or email me and I'll pray for you. All right, let's go to Colorado Springs. Robert's on the line. Welcome to the program, Robert. Good afternoon, Ed. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I actually had a couple of questions. Uh, one of them has to do with the uh, Millennium Reign, and then the other one uh, is based in the Old Testament. Uh, whenever Joshua is leading the children of Israel into the Promised Land, he said, Be courageous. The Lord will not leave you nor forsake you. Uh, okay, then, so then, let me let me say problem? this, Robert. Before you before you ask anything, since you have two, pick the one you want because we got full lines. Pick the one okay. question you want me to answer today. Okay, uh, the one with the millennium reign. <clears throat> so okay, great. It says it says in the New Testament that the heavens and the earth will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat, and the elements will be burnt up. Uh, and so I'm under the impression that from that point, everyone's going to be in the spirit. Um, but it, when it talks about the millennium reign of Christ, it says that people are going to be alive, so that a child will die at 100 years old or something to that nature. Uh, and so I'm just curious how that can be whenever no flesh can dwell in the presence of the Lord. Well, God is, God is going to restore and renew that which is melted and destroyed. Like this is going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and during the millennial period, there, there's going to be a pristine living environment that that actually is untouched by sin or or untouched by the devil's temptations until the very end uh, when he's let loose, and so God's able then to bring about a uh, revived, renewed, uh, ki- earthly kingdom, um, just as He promised to regather Israel so that they can have a. Uh, a time of life on the earth under their king, under a perfect environment, both physically and spiritually. Okay. Um, so what happens to the people that died during the millennial reign? The people that die during the millennial reign yes. will experience the um, relationship with um, God that they have by faith. So if those, those, there's, there are going to be people that are born during millennial reign, uh, and they will uh, have to make a decision just like everyone else. They're not born saved. 
they're going to have to make a decision. So after death, everyone's going to face, it's a point it wants for a man to die, and then the judgment. So everybody's going to have to face their maker and give account for their life. Yeah, so basically the people that die during the millennium reign, they'll be at the Bema Seat of Christ, the judgment seat? Yes. Okay. All right, cool. I was just curious about that. I appreciate you for your time. Thanks for your insight. Fantastic. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, let's go to South Jersey now. Susan, welcome to the program. Hi. I have a question. Okay. Um, what does the seven spirits of God mean? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, the seven spirits of God. Uh, many people believe that that describes a perfect description, seven being the number of completion, uh, that it describes a perfect condition uh, or description, I should say, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and and so they they would look to that as a, like in Jesus says in chapter, you know, well, in Revelation 1, right, the seven churches, and then it says the seven spirits who are before the throne. So if you're referring to that question, um, that particular passage, there is a revelation of, there's seven spirits around the throne, seven unique spirits around the throne. It could be angels, just like um, in chapter 3, verse 1, the angel of the church. Um, it could be the seven spirits, or other people look at that, and they describe it as a description of the fullness of the Holy Spirit around the throne, um, which is which is where I'm trying to remember where that reference is. Um and I think it's in Isaiah. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick here. I thought there was a reference, a similar reference in Isaiah. Uh, but let me look, let me look, let me look. Isaiah 11. Yep, Isaiah 11 too. Uh, so let me read to you Isaiah 11 too. It says, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. A branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So many people believe that those seven references are the fullness of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that could be referenced in Revelation chapter 1, verse 4. Thank you. That's a great question. Man, everyone's keeping him on my toes today. <laughs> oh, I guess that's good. <laughs> That is good. Thanks, Susan. Yeah, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Have a good day. Thank you. It reminds me to say hey to everyone on Hope FM. Uh, great to be with you. I know typically you hear Pastor Jeff uh, today, but I'm filling in for him. A shout-out to everyone listening to Freedom Radio. Uh, shout-out to everyone listening on Truth FM. Uh, everyone here on the Grace FM radio network. Calvary Live is a production of Grace FM. Grace FM is a radio station here in Colorado, part of our ministry here at Calvary Church. Reaches, listen to this, 80% of Colorado's population. Isn't that amazing? And I want you to pray with us. And even if you want to give toward this, uh, no matter where you are, again, when I ask you to give, I'm, I want you to give to your local Christian radio. So if you're not a part of Grace FM, and you have resources, please give to your local Christian radio. Uh, but do you guys here on Grace FM, you know, I've been talking about this for years. Grace FM is about 11 years old. I've been probably talking about it 10 years. We want a station in Canyon City. 
Um, we would love a big station in the Springs that could hit Canyon City, but we want a station in Canyon City because our heart is to not only support the churches down there to fill in all that gap in Pueblo, Pueblo West, but we want to reach the prisons. There's 13 prisons down in Canyon City. And I know that there's a lot of churches doing ministry down there in the prisons, but we would love to do 24-hour ministry, 24-7, worship in the Word, 24-7, worship in the Word. Uh, So please um, go to gracefm.com. You can donate there. Uh, You can pray for us. Um, Please do. Um, But just know as you give to the station, it helps to pay the bills Helps to pay all our rent. We got to pay for insurance. We got to pay salaries. We got to pay medical insurance. We got to make sure the electricity works, that things don't get unplugged. <laughs> right, Kevin? Things don't get unplugged. And uh, and so your prayers and support are always helpful to us. But pray for us. Let's pray right now. Father, I pray by faith, just like this station popped out of the blue, just like the spring station popped out of the blue, that you would... Canyon City would pop out of the blue, and uh, you would just provide it uh, at the right time, the right station, and uh, you know our heart, God, is to upgrade what we have in the springs. That way we only have two stations and only two sets of bills, but you know what we need even before we need it, and you say if we ask anything according to your will, you'll give it to us. So we're going to keep asking, and we're going to keep seeking, and we're going to keep knocking, uh, asking you to fulfill the desires of our heart, Lord, because I think that's why um, you gave us that desire. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I get some prayers? I'm experiencing some spiritual warfare. Father, I pray for this person experiencing spiritual warfare. I pray that you would help them to put on their spiritual armor, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the Spirit, the gospel of peace on the feet, uh, the belt of truth, the, their powerful word of prayer, protect them and guard them. Spiritual warfare can be so challenging and hard and even exhausting. And so I pray, God, that you would uh, be with this person asking for us to pray as we come alongside of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions, and we're coming up on the end of uh, first half, so we're just going to wait to take some of these calls on the other side of the break. Um, uh, That way we won't interrupt our conversation, because I know, George, you're waiting. Or Ivan, you're waiting in Denver. George, you are um, Florida. You're waiting in Florida. So we'll we'll get to you right after the break. And uh, great question. Ivan, you got a question about the Holy Spirit. Uh, George, you've got a question about Joe Ashes, um, and interesting. Give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, taking your calls and your questions. I, I had mentioned earlier that there's a big difference between teaching the Bible and using and co- teaching something from the Bible. What are your thoughts about that? Um, are you, what, what are your thoughts about how the Bible is used in your church? Um, what's, what is it that, uh, that you think about using the Bible? And, um, would love to hear it. 
303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. Text me 720-336-720-336-0897. You're listening to Calvary Live and we are... I, I am filling in uh, for my friend Jeff as we all kind of share the program together. Uh, and so you may, you know, you may be like, who is this guy? Well, uh, I typically do the show on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And so I get to pick up today. I'm glad to be with you. You hear the music? We're going to be right back. 303-690-3000. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of the program. Give me a call. Got an open line, 303-690-3000. Shout out to everyone on Hope FM, Truth FM. Freedom Radio, Radio by Grace. Uh, of course, you guys here on Grace FM. Anyone listening uh, anywhere other than online or Grace FM, uh, you are listening uh, to a program that has a delay. Um, so it's a one-week delay. Um, Grace FM, you're hearing it live. But any other of the stations, you hear it one week later. What that means is, is that <clears throat> you are... You, you can call into the show right now. You're going to talk to someone live. You're going to get your question answered live. Everyone's going to hear it online and on Grace FM. But then you can tune into your local station next week, and you can hear your question on the radio as you asked it. Uh, and we're still praying and working out some details on you know, equipment, what's it going to take. It, there's a little engineering that's required um, it's quite a bit of programming and engineering that's required. But once we knock it out, we've got a station in Idaho. Uh, shout out to everybody listening in Boise. Uh, probably is going to be the test uh, for taking this live. And as soon as we work out the test, then we can duplicate it on all our other stations. Uh, so pray for us. That's another big project that's happening. It seems like here at Calvary, we always have project after project after project. They just keep coming. And uh, Lord, giving us the grace and the strength to face them. All right, lines are full. Let's go uh, back to Denver here. Ivan, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Okay, uh, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about your service yesterday. Uh, you were talking about the Holy Spirit. Yes. Okay, yeah, you were talking about uh, the differences between uh, being with the Holy Spirit in the Holy Spirit uh, upon the Holy Spirit and uh, receiving the Holy Spirit. And uh, it, was, it was very stunning. It helped me to realize that uh, you know, I'm not where I need to be and that I need to make some changes to, uh, to not only uh, have the Holy Spirit part of my life, but to actually be within the Holy Spirit. So yes. I guess uh, my question is, 
uh, not to be overly dramatic, but if I'm to live within the Holy Spirit and to be like uh, a monk or in a uh, convent or uh, you know to live a life like that, how how do how do I expect to live a, 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 a life? In, in today's society, um, and have a uh, uh, a life like, say, like a, a professional athlete or a doctor or a lawyer or something, and and sure. not have the devote my time uh, totally to the Holy Spirit and to Jesus and God, uh, you know, as you were explaining yesterday in your service. Yeah. Well. Let's go back just for the sake of people listening in. Uh, this weekend, we're in. We're studying through the Book of Acts, and this weekend we were looking at the segment where Jesus gives the promise in chapter one about the that they're supposed to wait in Jerusalem until they have power from on high, until the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And what we did was, like you described it, we looked at the different relationships that a person can have with the Holy Spirit. Uh, every unbeliever that exists has the with experience, and that's G- that's the Lord bringing about conviction of the Spirit in someone's life. And then, and then when you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes in you, and that now He takes up residence in your life, and you're a born again believer. There are changes that take place. That you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we 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 saw and learned that. That's a dynamic way, but many people just stop there and they don't receive what Jesus talked about, the baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's like not just the Spirit in you, but the Spirit all around you. And it's a good question that you ask because you think, well, if I'm in that level of the Spirit, then how could I live a real life? Um, you know, or how does it how does it look like? How does it look in real life? And and the question's good because when a person is in the spirit, he or she is exactly where they need to be. A mom in the spirit, a lawyer in the spirit, uh, even a monk that decides to live in the mountains by themselves, uh, in order to be effective for God, they must be in the spirit. And and so I would say in answer to your question, you live your life, you you live your life in whatever sphere he's put you in. Uh, you, you live your life just exactly as Jesus said, you're in this world, but you're not of this world, but you live it in such a way that glorifies and honors God. You live it in such a way that's led by the Spirit, confirmed by the Spirit. Like, for example, and it's a dumb example, but but just for the sake, like nobody's going to walk into a a bar and get drunk and say, I'm in the Spirit, man. God, The Spirit of God led me here. No, that that that's not even possible. The Spirit of God would lead you away from there because the Bible says don't be drunk with wine, uh, but be filled with the Spirit. Uh, and so, you know, you look at some of the behaviors, you can look at some of the things, you go, hey, a life of the Spirit is going to be marked by the Spirit. And one of the things you're going to look, one of the things you're going to see is the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are all marks of the Spirit's presence in your life, no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are. Okay. I I guess I was taking it to the extreme, thinking that you needed to be uh, totally devoted uh, 24-7, you know, constant communication, 
prayer, uh, meditation. Well, I would I would agree with you. I think that the call to follow God is constantly devoted, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. But what I think is different is the definition. Like you can be, you know, you can be a lawyer doing your job and be dedicated to the Lord. Uh, you can be a doctor doing your job, and you could be working at Safeway. And because the Bible says that if a man doesn't work, he's not going to eat. So work is actually something that God gave to Adam and Eve before the fall. Um, and so it's life, as you were thinking, yeah, because, you, you know, this, the Catholic Church kind of set that up. Man-made religion set up this, well, you know, you're really, really super important if you're a nun or if you give a, a, a false vial of celibacy and become a priest. But the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches that we're all important. We all have a role. We all have a place. And we all have equal access to God. And those are important truths to, to remember. Okay. Yeah, okay, well, that makes me feel better. Yeah, because I was raised Catholic. <laughs> well, and you know, you have that stuff. It's hard to shake because it was so ingrained in you. Uh, and, you know, maybe you are called to um, a deeper life of devotion. Um, okay, great. You should do it. But, you know, look, you know, like for me, I wasn't always a pastor. Uh, I worked a, I worked for an ambulance company for a long time. And then I worked uh, for a mom, you know, for a family. And then I worked for a corporation. But then, and then I got saved. And then I worked at a corporation as a saved person. And that that was my responsibilities. I had to, you know, make sure all my job was done, but I also was there to take care of the people. It was almost like God was training me how to be a pastor at work. But not everybody's called to be a pastor. But I'm not better than you. God has you where you're supposed to be, and that's exactly where you belong. God has where where me where I'm supposed to be, and that's exactly where I belong. And both of us are equal before the Lord. That's pretty cool. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Well, that answers my question. Yeah. Thanks for uh, calling in and following up. Those are great. I always love questions directed to what I taught because it's fresh on my mind and, and, and you're processing it. So I, I love that. That's really good. Bless you, brother. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Let's head over to Florida now. Crystal River, Crystal River, Florida. George, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for uh, for having me. You're welcome. What's up? Um, so I'm a I'm a newer believer, a newer um, I'm new to studying the Bible, learning about the Lord, and um, okay. I just had a I had a two two pretty easy questions uh, for you, Pastor. Um, okay. I'm reading in Kings, and uh, why is Joash named diff- Why is the naming differently throughout it in that area? And then why? And then it seems like there's two of them. Correct. Is that yeah, I'm just trying to yeah. get a better understanding of that. So there's a couple ways to answer this. One is like any like even in English, you know, we have nicknames, we have different variations of our names. Um, you know, that we have we we have middle names. Uh family members know us differently, but we're the same person. So when you come to a guy like Joash in in Semitic cultures, you know, Joash, his name means Yahweh is given. Um he was the ninth king of Judah. Uh, and and he also had a variation of his name, Jehoash. Um, but King Jehoash is a totally different person in Second Kings chapter thirteen. 
So just like anything, you know, like you, you're named George. How many Georges do you know? So many different people named George. They're just different people. I see. Okay, thank you. And then just um, another quick question is, um, as a newer believer and a newer studier of the Bible, do you have any um, advice or any, um, you know, just any advice for me um, on how to go about doing it um, and how I can apply it to my life? How, how you go about doing what? Studying, uh, studying the yes. Bible, just in general. Yeah, so on your smartphone, uh, download the uh, free Bible app. It's called Blue Letter Bible. Okay. Blue Letter Bible. It's the most robust, uh, powerful, free um, tool that you can use. Even like this, the this question that you asked, um, I I didn't remember it like off the top of my head. So the in the in the pro in the um, in the break, I pulled out my Bible dictionary and I looked up Joash and I basically read to you the answer from the dictionary um, because good tools, because you can't remember everything, uh, but you can remember what tools to use. So the question you asked was a good Bible dictionary uh, tool and Blue Letter Bible, I'm sure I haven't used it in a while because I use a different software, but they have great dictionaries there and you just look up Joash uh, and you can get those kind of answers because you're going to have a lot of those questions. You're reading it, you're new, and like, what is this? Is he Joash, Jehoash? What does this all? What does this mean? And the good news is, is there's quest, there's answers to those questions. And the second part is uh, the second part I would suggest is that you purchase this book by Skip Heitzig. The title of the book is How to Study the Bible and Enjoy It. And okay. how to study the Bible and enjoy it by Skip Heitzig. It is the most comprehensive but simple introduction to the way that we've all at Calvary Chapel we've all been trained to study the Bible, and that's the inductive Bible study method, where you learn how to make observations, interpretations, applications, and Skip does an amazing job. It's a real simple book too. It's not. Is complicated. There's different levels of training. This would be the entry level, but man, it's enough for most people. You you can you learn this. You learn the way of handling the text with the right observations, learning how to interpret. Uh, you you'll never read the the Bible the same way again. That's great. Um, thank you so much for the um, for that. I really appreciate the advice. I'm going to take you up on that and uh, and utilize it. Thank you. Fantastic. Bless you, man. All right, thank you. Have a good day. All right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. What do we have here? Uh, Where are we? We are at Pennsylvania. Jessica on line two. Welcome to the program. Hello. Hi, Jessica. You're on the air. Hello. Um, I just uh, am struggling with my marriage. You know, we've been... I've been really reading the the Word of God, and I just I I feel like sometimes me and my husband one up each other sometimes. And how do you like be equally into that? You know, and yeah. we also have different beliefs. You know, and um, yeah. with what God says sometimes, and that can get really frustrating. Well, are you guys both in? Do you, do you at least get to go to church together? Yes. Okay, so have you guys considered making an appointment with one of the pastors at your church to talk about where you guys are in your marriage? 
Yes, we Did have. You... Um, but my okay. pastor recently passed away. So oh, I'm sorry. Someone, yeah, yeah, it's been very hard. So um, there's someone filling in. So I guess it's kind of just now reaching out to other believers about it. Where are you guys in Pennsylvania? Uh, we're in uh, Mount Joy. Mount Joy. Okay. Let me see if I can find you a church. You know, there's a lot of... Do you, do you know of any Calvary chapels that are close to you? Um, I actually don't, but my friend uh, goes to the one in Delta, which seems really nice. So this is what I suggest, because I want you to be able to go to a church that I know is going to give you biblical counsel that you call the church in Delta and say, hey, I have a friend that goes to your church, and my pastor just passed away. Would you? Can I make an appointment to come in and talk to a pastor, just me and my marriage? And the reason why I'm emphasizing that is because what you're describing is a little more more involved than what a radio answer could, could give. Um, and when you sit down and you start, when a pastor sits down with you with the Bible open and you pray with him, and he begin to talk about where you guys are in your marriage, how you guys can immediately uh, help one another, how you guys can immediately connect with each other, how you guys can immediately uh, start to enjoy one another. Imagine that, just really enjoying your marriage, enjoying your friendship with your husband, enjoying the oneness that God has given to you as a gift. Um, and there is a book I recommend if you want to pick it up on Amazon. I know... Um, uh, you can get it wherever books are sold. Uh, I know that it will greatly benefit you uh, because we use it a lot here at our church. And are you ready to write it down? Yes, yeah. Okay, it is How Are Married and How to Stay That Way. Married and How to Stay That Way. And it's a friend of mine. His name is... Um, Oh, Ed, Ed, Steve Carr, uh, your mind goes blank. His last name is C-A-R-R. Okay. Awesome. And, 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 the re and I've worked with him. He's a pastor in California, Calvary Chapel pastor. I've actually worked with him. I've watched him. We had him come out and do seminars in our church where he's just devoted most of the life of his ministry of pouring into marriages. And his, his whole thing is that the whole purpose of marriage after glorifying God and honoring God is for oneness and intimacy. And he gives you right in the first couple chapters, asks questions of your marriage that by the answers to those questions will show you and your husband what you can do immediately uh, to start enjoying your marriage. Wow. Thank you so much. Um, Let me pray I, for I you. I, I okay, do go have ahead. one more question. If that's okay. Okay, great. Yeah. Um. So with spiritual warfare, I kind of, hear all these different videos out there that, you know, there's different kinds of spirits and all this, and I do feel attacked spiritually sometimes, and I yes. was wondering, can that happen um, more so to an unbeliever and to believers, or is it just, you know, how real is it? Because my, you know, people that I've watched, they said, even if you're a Christian, you still need to be delivered. Well, I wouldn't use the word delivered, but the question that so let's let's go and go back to answer your question is spiritual warfare uh, different for believers and unbelievers? The answer is yes. Um, it typically becomes harder and more challenging for Christians than for non-believers. Why? Because 
people that don't have a relationship with God already cooperate with the devil. So there's really no need for any warfare or battle because they're already doing um, what they're, they're already cooperating with the plans and purposes of the devil. But a believer has, has declared war on the devil and has declared that they do not, um, they do not want to live in sin anymore. They want to live for the Lord. But the idea of deliverance, you don't need to worry about deliverance because you're a, you're a believer. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. Uh, you. You don't need to be delivered because Jesus Christ already delivered you on the cross. You are already free. Uh, a demon can't come in you. Uh, he can only attack you from the outside. But warfare is is serious. And as I told our church, I think I told them this weekend, you know, the the the, one of the greatest battles that you and I face as believers is in our mind. What are we going to believe? And the devil really goes after our mind. Like, like for example, you might get in a low part in your marriage, and then you go, "Oh, this is never going to change. This is just going. This is the worst. This is not what I want to." And now you're you're believing lies because it could change. To say it's never going to change isn't true. Um, so if I start believing a lie, then I'm going to start living a lie, and the warfare, that's why we have the helmet of salvation, right? It protects our mind, and it reminds us. Have you ever read Ephesians and all the things that you have? Well, I would suggest no more videos, no more YouTube about spiritual warfare. It'll just confuse you. Um, instead, stick to what the Bible says. Have you ever read Ephesians chapter 6, where it talks about spiritual warfare? Yes, I have. And make that your home. you know. And, and, and sometimes people that are really hassled, really going through it, I, rem- I I tell them, okay, just like when you get up in the morning and you get ready for the day, I want you to also get up in the morning and get ready for your day spiritually. And just like, okay, Lord, I'm putting on my helmet of salvation. I'm putting on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm putting on my belt of truth. And just like verbally in prayer to the Lord, I'm getting ready spiritually just as much as I'm getting ready physically. And you're starting out your day in prayer. You're starting out your day in the word. And you're starting out your day putting on the armor of God because you're going to go out into a battle. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for answering my questions and being there. You're welcome. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for Jessica and uh, pray for her marriage and her husband and just all that you want to accomplish in their life. And and yeah, there are some disagreements and different views, but, but God, you know, every marriage has disagreements. So I pray that when Jessica calls Delta or when, um, you know, her friend maybe can connect her with a pastor, maybe pick up this book, all these tools, Lord, there's so much. It doesn't just happen overnight. Um, so much time and energy will be invested, uh, in this marriage. And I just think of that passage where, um, her husband is sanctified by her faith. Like she's brought blessing into her home because she loves you and wants to serve you. And so I pray that blessing would be enjoyed and manifested uh, and that her husband would come to a deeper sense of his relationship with the Lord so he can lead his wife and his family well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. Why, um, we're going to come back to Colorado in Wiggins. Ryan, welcome to the program. Hello. How are you, Pastor? I'm okay. Good, good. Um, I just, I've actually been attending your church for the last few weeks, and I always okay. listen to you on Calvary. So, um, welcome. I just, I just appreciate your word and your message. And um, I just need some uh, prayer requests. 
um, for my marriage as well. Um, my wife, Valerie, and I are um, just not doing very well right now. We're looks like we might be moving uh, towards a divorce. Uh, she's okay. actually filed for divorce, and um, uh, my just basically, you know, I'm sure she doesn't want to talk to me because I've just dishonored our family, and my uh, mm. basically become pretty angry. I just don't do well with handling my stress very well. Um, and but I've recently, since our separation, I've you know um, been taking better care of myself. I've been getting Good. counseling uh, from a Christian counseling center, and Good. Um, I joined a gym um, just to kind of. That's how I'm trying to get out my stress and any frustration, you know, would be through through exercise, and um, it just helps me feel better, obviously. Um, but I just, I guess I just need some guidance. I mean, uh, I've tried to communicate to her and reach out, and um, I just don't think that she she wants to, which is, I mean, with her being a Christian woman, and um, I know that she knows how important marriage is to God, and yeah. um, that, that what we're doing right now is, is not is not honoring God and um, he doesn't want to see us divorce. <laughs> no, he doesn't, um, you know, and that, that's really like I was sharing earlier, you know, and I think it's a theme. I was talking to a brother. It's one of the services this weekend too. just, we were dealing with the hard heart and, and hearts don't become hard overnight. It It's little by little, little by little. And, and, and we, you know, this is what you're dealing with all of the difficult, everything you just described, um, helped to facilitate your wife's choice to harden her heart toward you, harden her heart toward the Lord, perhaps. And we just need to ask the Lord to soften it. And we need to ask the Lord to continue to work in you because you're the only one, you know, that would have been part of my counsel, but you're already doing it. You're the only one you control. So you want to take care of yourself. Um, You want to get your life right in order. No matter what your wife's decisions are right now, you want to get your life in order and of course, you have a child together. So you guys, you know, my prayer is that you guys would just, man, you would just, just one last shot to save it for the child, for your family that, you know, and you may not even realize, um, you, you may not even realize that um, the, the condition of where you are right now, you may not even realize how far you guys got, but also that there's hope, right? You get so far away from what God designed in marriage that you lose hope. And, and so I want to bring you back to a place of hope for your marriage. I appreciate that. Like it's, it's definitely hard right now. I'm, um, yeah, I'm just trying to do everything I can do. I don't, I don't want to upset her. I don't, um, I know I've hurt her very deeply and, um, I just don't want to pray, Ryan. Father, I pray for forgiveness to flow in this marriage, for the great pain and hurt that Ryan's brought in. Uh, I know it's not all his fault, but he's the only one we're talking to, and so he, you have a heart, you have a hold of his heart. Um, you brought him to a place of humility, and so continue to work in him, Lord. But I also pray for his wife that she would have one more, just one more willing, um, one more breath, one more thought, willing to work on this marriage, willing to give it another chance. And I pray, God, that even if she's already thought about divorce or she already has the paperwork, that it would cease and there would be a chance 
to reconcile and restore this marriage for the sake of the of their child, but more importantly, for the sake of your testimony in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. And All right, I, brother. Uh, I look forward to, to seeing you on Sunday. I'll see you then. All right, sir. Bye-bye. God bless. Yeah, so much it seems to be a theme today as we come to the end of the program. And uh, if you too are struggling in your singleness, struggling in your marriage, struggling after a divorce, you know, we just live in this sin-soaked world with all these consequences to our decisions. And I'm sorry that you're facing such great pain. A, a phone call on a radio station isn't going to solve your problem. I know that. But I do hope that it'll bring you encouragement. I do hope that you know you know, even I looking, I was sharing the testimony of my marriage this last uh, weekend, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of God saved my marriage. I mean, I know God saved my marriage, not one little event, but God changed me. First, he changed me from the inside out, and then he baptized me with the power to live a life. And it's it's a testimony my wife shares. It's a testimony where, you know, I was saved in February. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in September. And in, from February to September, I was basically the same old guy, except I didn't drink or party anymore, and I used the Bible as a weapon. You know, my wife didn't, that's not what she needed. Um, and she didn't, not, not only that, she didn't want it. And we were almost headed to be, to divorce again. But God was so gracious to rescue us, and God is gracious to you. And God is gracious to you. And God is gracious to you. So don't lose hope. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Stay strong in him by grace. Um, and we pray for you. We'll be right. We'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing. Um, bless you guys. Have a great night in Jesus. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.